Hi everybody and welcome to The Front Room. The Front Room is for best and this is episode 4. For those of you that don't know, this is kind of an amalgamation of loads of different things. But mainly it's a place where, along with our Instagram page, we try to recommend different forms of entertainment that will give you a little bit of joy. Yeah, a little bit of a joygasm, something that will help you ease through the daily trauma that is modern life at the moment. Because why? Because of lockdown, because of COVID-19, because of Black Lives Matter, because of stupid racist people on your Instagram, because of all the times that you've had to defend yourself against people that you thought were friends but actually aren't, when they open their mouth and say the most stupid, basic bitch things in life. This is why I'm here. To speed you on your way, to give you something that will give you an hour two hours, three hours of a break from reality and let you have that just, that little moment of joy, peace and harmony. So after doing this for like four weeks, I've actually finally got sections for the podcast. Yeah, we're getting all professional now. So the first section now for ever and a day will be called The Ratchet and the Righteous. And in that section, I'm going to be talking about whatever topics have come up relating to gay or black culture during the news um obviously this podcast comes out on friday so i'm going to be very selective and try not to cover everything else that's come up recently uh which is why i'm not going to talk about jk rowling's and not going to talk about monroe actually i will say this l'oreal three years no money run the bitch had checks anyway um so yeah we have the ratchet and the righteous then for after the Ratchet and the Ratchets, we're going to go into the recommendation section. And then after recommendations, we're going to do a section called So I Have a Question. It's all coming together now, isn't it? Um, you know what's really funny is those different sections were suggested by a friend. He doesn't even know it yet. He just gave me the idea from how he told me to talk. So I guess I need to actually confess that I'm really missing pride. I am missing Pride events, I should say. I'm missing... Um... <laughs> so this week, you know what I did? I actually went on ASOS and I bought myself a um, jumpsuit. I think the best way to describe it is it's, so it's all black and it has white piping because the top part of it is more of a cowboy-esque top and it has um, fringing at the back and fringing down the sleeves, obviously, because, you know, you need that little shimmy-shimmy when you're dancing. And I thought to myself... I don't know any place that I'm going to go in this outfit, but one day, one day. And I was just thinking, like, this, normally, at this time, I would have bought about six or seven things from ASOS. I would have tried it on one at home. I would have seen which one was the most inappropriate, and then wore that out on a Saturday. And then seen which one was the least appropriate, and then worn them out on Saturday daytime. And then seen which one was the least appropriate, but also had the most coverage from wind, and worn it on Saturday, Sunday night, Sunday morning. Because, you know, sometimes you go to a different event and you need a change of outfit because it's the same people there from the Saturday night and the Sunday, Saturday day. So you have to have a different clothing. You know how it is. There's always pressure when it comes to Pride. You can't just have a day outfit all the way through until, like, the Sunday night, Sunday morning. Because that just means that you went to somebody's house, ended up at a chill-out, and then you didn't get to go home and change your clothes. 
what kind of person are you? Like, days it's 2020, not 2012. We're way past that stage where that's appropriate for a man my size or age. Like, I'm not being funny enough, people have started to be calling me daddy and I've actually started to accept it. So we need to get over that. So yeah, I'm kind of missing pride. I'm missing going out. I'm missing my friends. I'm missing, like, groups of sweaty men with their types off, just jiggy jigging into the music. Even though sometimes, you know, certain people of a certain persuasion don't dance to the rhythm, they dance to the lyrics. And it's really, really annoying that they're always barging into you. But you hope at some point the person that barges into you, you turn around, is kind of cute. So you can smile and say hello and then start the introductions, even if their friends are wankers. Yeah. Them days are gone. It's really sad, isn't it? I even had the... The other day, I was speaking to my friend and we were out in Clapham and we were just sitting and we were chilling and we were thinking, oh my God, like, it's Saturday. Tomorrow we would have been at Horsemeat Disco because we normally go about twice a, a month. I was like, I miss dancing with you. I miss dancing out in public. I miss watching you flirt with the DJ. I miss, like, little things like that. I miss going to the bar and, like, leaning over it inappropriately while you and watching as you try to intimidate the new member of bar staff because you got your drinks wrong and you really would just want to try and be cheap and get them for free. Like, it's the little things that I miss. The sense of freedom. Yeah, and I, I guess that also goes into the fact that I kind of just miss pride as an event or something to go to. I don't know if I miss the actual, like, pride as in too many people in too much space and Soho being really dirty and covered in rubbish. But I miss the idea of actually going out in large crowds and celebrating. I miss the twinks in their pink shorts and their inappropriate outfits, always screaming when there's no need to. I miss the parade of leather daddies and imagining which one will be my future husband, even though he doesn't know it. I miss seeing the angry lesbians in the G-stars and the pretty shoes and all looking. Because you know what? Here's the thing about lesbians. They always have the best trainers, yeah? If you want to know what good trainers are, don't go to a gay party. Go see the lesbians. They will show you. Like, trainers... That brings me to a story, but I'll tell you at a later, at a later date. But yeah, like, I'm missing that sense of community that you get when you're in a large group of people and you don't have to question whether they're looking at you strangely because of what you're wearing. You know that they're looking, you know that they're judging and you don't care because you look amazing. Yeah, I know. It's all the little... Uh, it's my fickle side, it's my vain side, it's my side of me that wants to be a peacock and shows off a lot and like wants to go out and... Tra- it's also the fact that I need something to train for. Like, it's really hard to motivate myself. Like, I'm not a person that likes to put inappropriate pictures on the internet. I'd rather be inappropriate in public. So when I'm on the internet, I'm fully dressed most of the time. The most you'll probably get is me with my top off. And that's probably at different stages in the year when I'm doing a progress picture. I'm not one of these that likes to lie in the, on my back and my leg and say, oh my God, world, welcome to a beautiful day. I can't get, 
up at my bed because my muscle mass is so heavy and my six packs are so hard that I can't move from this sofa. So what I'll do is I'll wait for 24 hours, take the perfect selfie and then post it on the internet and tell you just how much of a fabulous day I'm going to have even though I didn't get out of the bed or see daylight. Yeah. And it sounds really sad, but I couldn't describe that really well because I have friends that do that and that's their jobs. Like, no, really not. Anyway, welcome to the Ratchet and the Righteous. You know what, you got to hand it to gays, right? Because I saw them people on Saturday and you know what, the first thing I thought was like, I'm not being funny enough, I think. Straight people, you're standing a racist? I don't appreciate them. Like, at least when I get a racist from the gay, he's got a lot going on, a side parting. He's wearing the matching polo shirt and the, ch the blue chinos that his friends are, so you know exactly who they are. They don't even, you don't need a George Cross. You don't need a cheap shirt from Mazda. You don't need um, the bare belly hanging over the waistbands. You don't need the crusty, dusty yeah, fluff from their belly that covered in sauce. Yeah, because you know, the gays just be serving, yeah. Better quality of racists, better quality of fascists. Serving racism and a look, always. Like maybe it's all the testosterone that they shove up their body. Like I was watching, I said watching. I saw this meme this week where it had like Barbie and Ken, um, white boy and white boy, saying Black Lives Matter, and then in at home bending over and injecting each other and I'm just like hmm hmm so much sense do you know what I found even more funny about this weekend and the protest was the fact they call it anti-protest how many different ways are you going to try to describe people without just calling them fucking racist well you don't have to swear when you say it but just call them racist or it's not a part-time it's not a casual thing my friend actually made the me think when he said, you know, when you go to the doctor and it asks you in your fitness test whether you're a smoker, and he goes, hey, if he turns around and says to them that he only smokes like, when he goes out to clubs and it may be every six weeks, then the doctor always turns around and says to him, well, you smoke, so you're a smoker. You either smoke or you don't. It's the same with being a racist. If you're a casual racist, if you only do it on Saturdays, if you only do it when you're at the pub, if you only think racist thoughts when you're having sex, if you only think racist thoughts when you're watching porn, if you only think racist thoughts when you're at the Caribbean shop and the old fat woman behind the counter looks you up and down and asks you what you are, yeah? Then I'm sorry, princess. I'm sorry, darling. I'm sorry, love. I know you're very precious at this point in time. But babes, yeah? You is a racist. Do you understand what I'm saying? There is no casual racism. There is just racism. There's no part-time racism. There is just racism. Yeah. If you're a racist at work, you're a racist at work. Yeah? Right? It's not a car share. You don't just get in and one of you is going to be the designated racist for today. All of you in that car is racist. That's how we're working. Yeah? So when you try and... Um, and uh, and say no's and give us why and tell us how. It's not that you're racist, it's just. No, there is no it's just. There is no if, there is no but, there is no I just don't, I just don't, no. I just don't see how you're not a racist because you're a racist, yeah? Furthermore, 
when is an immigrant not an immigrant when it's an expat? So why can't we just call people what they are? Yeah? You is a racist. If your white ass is in another country, you is an immigrant. Yeah? If a black person, yeah, tells you you're a racist, it's because you're a racist. Yeah? We don't just drop it, yeah, in order to get free chewing gum. Uh, I'm not going into a shop and saying, oh no, he followed me around a shop, he must be a racist. So that I can get £5 off my shopping. Fuck you. Yeah, it's... We're at a point in life where there is no more excusing that you don't understand the basics anymore. This is the basic. You are a motherfucking racist if you act like a motherfucking racist. It doesn't matter... How many times you do it in your life, yeah? If you have a racist thought or intention, it's there, yeah? And you may think that you're only a little bit racist, but your little bit racist does a lot of damage. You're a motherfucking racist. I think I've said that enough now, haven't I? No? Okay, I'll say it again. You're a motherfucking racist. Cool. So... In this week's Ratchet and Righteous, that it's actually coming from the same stable. That this week's Righteous is Shea Coulee, who has returned to Drag Race in All Stars. Now, I think everybody, you, if you listen to previous episodes, you know that I'm newly for, I'm newly, I'm newly found. I have fallen in love with Drag Race at a later stage than everybody else. Mainly because I don't like to be forced onto a bag wagon and I'm very independent thinker. And I'm kind of cantankerous. I just like to do my own thing. But in a world of grey and with four walls and lack of social interaction, drag race is literally a rainbow. It is literally a rainbow colour and sparkly things and sequins. Like, ne- if next week they dress up as unicorns, I wouldn't really give a shit. I'd just be like, hey, go ahead. Go on with yourself. Shay Kulay this week. For those of you that haven't been watching, it's the second week. I didn't know it was the second week. I went to my mate's house. We were meant to do something for this podcast. But then it got rain. It rained, and we had food, and then we just like, oh, you know what? Let's just catch up on Drag Race, so you have something to talk about on your podcast. And then I was like, okay. First things first. RuPaul's dress, the blue one, on the first show, was disgusting. Absolutely disgusting. Yeah. Like, I don't know what that was about. Like, second of all, I don't know who most of those queens are. Like I said, I'm not I'm not the biggest drag race fan, so I don't know most of these people. I know some of them because they've been on All Stars before, so I'm wondering why they've come back. And then I saw the quality of the talent, and I was just like, oh, thank fuck for GGB. Shea GGB, and the fat Puerto Rican. Is she a bigger girl now? Because she used to be smaller, but she's now bigger. So, anyway. And then for the first episode, 
it didn't really matter who was on there because the only thing anybody was watching was Ricky Martin. Like, my friend was like, oh, Ricky Martin's so cute, yes. Ricky Martin's so cute. Oh, Ricky Martin's so funny, yes. Ricky Martin is funny. Oh, Ricky Martin's so funny. Yes, Ricky Martin's funny. Do you want me to leave so you can have a slow wank in the corner? Like, living that video logo in your pants, yeah? Okay, cool. Yeah, so Ricky Martin was funny. Ricky Martin was cute. Ricky Martin was now a daddy. Ricky Martin has laugh lines in the right places. I, for those of you that don't know, I do like an older man. And Ricky Martin, he's aging very, very well. It's one of those ones when you can see, like, in a couple of years, he's just going to shave his head off and get a beard and just be really, really hot. Anyway. So, that was Drag Race. And then they brought back Evie Utley. Speaking of daddies. Kind of disappointing, because that's my favourite. But anyway, Evie Oddly, bending, snapping, bringing it back to the left and the right, spin and turn on your head, two wigs down, flicking hair, rainbow colours everywhere. Oh my God. Happiness. So then, we watched that episode, and Derek Berry left, which was kind of upsetting, because one... It would have been a lot more fun if he stayed for all the drama, really and truly it was. Like, I'm, like we live in a cantankerous time and there's loads of drama everywhere and there's people in their feelings, but really and truly you did want him to stay for the drama, didn't you? And then, episode two, and then Shay Kulay, Shay Kulay, decided that no matter what I said about any other black drag queen being my favorite, Shakalay decided to say, oh no, bitch. Oh no. I am your favourite black drag queen. Why? In one outfit, there was references to Aphrodite, Grace Jones. There was references in the makeup to African makeup, African tribal prints. Picasso, there was references in a mini afro to black exploitation. There was the body, there was the contour, there was the shape, there was the beauty, there was the nipples, and it all was fucking amazing. Like, just as a, a geek watching the image of him walking down through, I was just like, okay. And then he stopped and he turned around. And I'm like, okay, 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 okay. I'm getting all the different images and references. And it's just like, bitch, that is sick. So, yeah. Shake a is my righteous for this week. Now my ratchet for this week. is another issue to do with drag race, but it's... Not Drag Race itself, but the fact that GG Good is on the front cover of Attitude magazine. Now, if you have listened to this episode before, you will know that GG Good did not win Drag Race. It was Jaden Essence Hall. Jaden Essence Hall won Drag Race. So after all the weeks of Black Lives Matter movement, yeah, this magazine had an opportunity to celebrate a black queen on its front cover. And instead of putting the... Black Queen on the front cover, they had decided to put Gigi Good, the whitest of white contestants that they have, yeah, the whitest of white people that was in 
the last three because Crystal Method sign out Crystal Method is a ridiculous name and should be changed because it is damaging to the culture. Back on track. They decided to put Gigi Gordon on cover. Okay, so realistically, that cover would have been booked a long time ago. Yeah, and she may be over here promoting, or it may be something to do with pride while she's here. But you know what? She didn't win. And if you're going to book any of the queens from RuPaul's Drag Race to go on the cover first, it should be the winner of the competition. And if you're not celebrating the winner of the competition, but the runner-up of the competition, you have to ask why they choose to celebrate the runner-up of the competition or why they feel that that runner-up should be on the front cover first. Is it possibly because she is the whitest of white contestants and therefore you see her as more commercial? Is it possibly that? Is it possibly that? Is it possibly because she looks like any skinny white boy out of drag? Is it possibly that? Yes, she's a fashion icon, queen, dress up, doll, whatever. But so was Jane SSL, yeah? She wasn't a funny queen. She can do comedy. Yeah, so could Gigi Good. This is the thing with that season. That season was really, really good. No pun intended. But at the same time, there was only one winner. So the one winner should be on your magazine. Yeah? You spent weeks and weeks and weeks posting here, there and everywhere about Black Lives Matter. Joining the movement, putting up black squares, telling people but lists of the work they should go to educate themselves on black issues, things that they can do to be an ally. And yet you have an opportunity to celebrate a black queen winning something on TV, to put a black face on the cover of your magazine, and you don't take that opportunity? Why? Again, it comes down to commerciality. If you already box her, it's because you believe that she's more commercial. And the only reason you believe that she's more commercial, knowing that she's not the winner, is because you know that the white gays want to see a white gay on your cover. How is that progress? How is that moving us forward? How is that a sense of pride in this month? It's... Do you know what it is? It's disappointing and it's a cop-out and it's beneath what you said you were aspiring to be as a magazine. It's beneath what the movement is meant to mean like we're meant to be moving for equality in a week where we've had six people out of nine because we didn't have a full supreme court ruling yeah rule that gays and transgender have the right to be treated equally in america in their working jobs yeah you go and do this like Really, so everybody's equal, but black people are not commercial. Okay. Like, do you know, like, it's such a missed opportunity. Do you know the kudos you would have gotten if during this pandemic, during this Pride Month, during this Black Lives Matter movement, you had the, the first image of a black queen that won something on your pitch, on your magazine? But you didn't because you stuck to the old adage that white is right and white will sell. Recommendation time! Woohoo!
Yeah, this is the fun stuff. So the first thing I have for you today is an Instagram page called Jesus is my blessing. All of it underscored. Yeah, it's by a 23-year-old from Atlanta. And basically, he's a black Power Ranger. No, literally, he's a black Power Ranger. So sometimes you get backflips. Sometimes you get speed kicks. Literally, go through his Instagram and just be in awe of the black boy joy that is Jesus is my blessing. Yeah, it will make you smile. It will make you happy. It will make you wish that you could do some of the things that he can do. It will make you feel fat as well, especially at this time. It's, well, lockdown, COVID, eating your feelings. But, you know, it will inspire you to get up and be motivated again. So once again, that is Jesus is my blessing. Second recommendation for today is a book called Wild Seed by Octavia E. Butler. Now... Two reasons you need to read this book. One, Octavia E. Butler in herself is an amazing sci-fi writer. I told you from the beginning of this podcast, there's going to be a lot of sci-fi, yeah? And her four book series, yeah, of which this is book three, but they're in different chronological orders. Jump into this one. It's an amazing book, but also it has one of the few things in that it's a really hard read for certain points because... I couldn't stand the main male protagonist in this book. I thought he was such a fucking dickhead. And at some points, you're just like, why is this bitch putting up with this shit? Yeah, you have enough power to dash away this man. But, you know, you have to ride it out to the end. There is important life lessons by the end of it. It's a good fable for everybody, especially in the current circumstances. I'm trying to give you... um fictional books that have a slight meaning about the consciousness that we're in at the moment so that's why i picked this one today also on another note the legend that is miss viola davis has optioned this book for a series so this is probably going to be the next thing she does after finishing the legend that is annalise keating and we will talk about annalise next week yes cool and the last thing I'm going to recommend for you this week is the Anthem series for Pride on Spotify. One of the people that have contributed to this series is broadcaster, TV presenter, Ox the Auntie on social media, an all-round good guy, Lee Gray. Now, Lee doesn't know it, but he's one of the reasons why I actually started this podcast in the first place, because we had an argument one time when we were both very drunk sitting in a restaurant trying to act like we weren't drunk but getting heated and heated and basically the argument ended up in him saying well if you're so pissed off in the output of black gay social media why don't you just do one for your fucking self which i have that's a nice way of saying it he said it worse but i'm gonna make it sound like it was more encouraging than disparaging yes cool we rise above and that is my recommendations for this week. It's a weird episode this week because there has been a lot of ratchet and righteous that I just need to get out of my system. And now for your final section, I have a question. So this is the weekend that we have receipts, yeah? So, um, you know, for the couple last couple of weeks when we've been saying how Britain is a racist country and you've been going, oh my God, no, 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 no. You can't say that. Oh God, no. We went to war. We went to war. Um, yeah, and your war for what? Uh, you weren't for war for me, you know? Uh, 
Yeah, we went to war. Um, we were Winston Churchill was a great leader. Blah blah blah. Hosted in Calfet. Yeah. Well, you know what, bitch? We got receipts. We got receipts, yeah? We got receipts of Eric and Paul and James and John and Mike and, and Dave, yeah? And all these people. It's probably not even the names that they use because, like, the type of people that were there at the monument making Nazi salutes behind your back, yeah? Just photobombing everybody that said that Britain is not a racist country. Yeah, look at the racist photobombing you. Um... Yeah, they pop, they're the kind of guys that don't actually use their first names. They're the kind of guys that, so when I was growing up, would be calling me Edwards. Pass the ball, Edwards. What the fuck are you doing, Edwards? Wondering why the fuck you put the gay guy in goal. Because I really don't give a shit. Like, unless you have a force field. I'm not into this. I'd rather be playing basketball. Because that's something with style and grace and has matching outfit. Cool. Right, so, we have receipts now. We have, everybody's bigging up the picture of the black guy saving the white racist that was on the floor. Like, I'm not being funny, nothing. Are you the kind of person, are you the kind of person that deep down in your soul thought, is he taking him out to put him in a trash can? Are you the kind of person that thought deep down in your soul that maybe he should have just left him? Are you the kind of person that deep down in your soul thought, um, where is the policemen on the horse when you need them so they can trample on this bitch but do you know where the policeman was here's the irony do you know where the policeman was in that photo the policeman was the racist man getting carried away by the black man oh yes because the person in that photo is a former member of the metropolitan police can you believe this shit yeah can you believe this shit it's like you know this is the thing about 2020. It's like we started at this pandemic and COVID and stuff. Like and it's like, do you do realise this is God teaching white people about racism? Yeah. So he started off like kind of small. I said, first of all, I'm going to teach you how it is to have every single movement that you do in the world monitored by other people that should be just minded their business. So we had the lockdown and every time they went to shopping, there was someone to tell them that the food in their basket was not an essential item and they got all that right. And then there was someone to tell them that they should be in their yard by a certain time and they got all that right again. And then there was someone to tell them that their breath is thick and they need to wash their hands. They're so, all wash, can't be washing, like, can't be cleansing your body, like... Look at me, I come with a dirty soul. I can't be just cleansing my hands. Like, oh no. <laughs> but yes, now they have to wash appropriately, cleanse more than just... <laughs> it's really... You know what, it's really... I can't even, I can't even get through this. So yeah, so now they have to, like, wash appropriately. Hey! They gave, we were giving them songs and everything, like singing, da-da-da-da-da, 20 seconds. Like... Yeah, wash your hands, bitch. It's very simple. <laughs> a whole pandemic, a whole lockdown, a whole country in recession because you motherfuckers can't do basic hygiene, yeah? And you know you've been thinking it, yeah? Because in your mind, you think back to all those times where you've been on a bus, you've been out of the street, you've been deep on roads, yeah? I know some of you talk like that, so I'm just breaking it down for you. You've been there on the street, yeah? 
and some man has coughed and not covered his mouth. Yeah, and you, as much as you hate it because you're your upbringing, you come in like your old grandma, you come in like your mum and your dad, and you, the head just turned like the exorcist. And you'll be looking at man up and down and you'll be like, what? How dare you look at me? It's lovely when other people have to do it for you, isn't it? Yeah? Cool. So, a whole pandemic because you couldn't wash your hands. Anyway, so not only that, now that you know how it feels to be monitored every single place that you go, then we had the Black Lives Matter movement so that you can have an active awareness of how black people feel on a daily basis because we're telling you our stories now. So now that you've had the kind of sense of how it feels to be monitored, how it feels to be watched, how it feels to have a system put you in place that you don't want to be, yeah, how it feels to have your movements being watched and how it feels to have your life being dis- controlled by somebody else for no fault or reason of your own, yeah? Now we're going to tell you about black stories and how black people are feeling on a daily basis. Oh, so now you're going to bring up the old trope of Britain isn't racist and it's not systemic racism and it doesn't, and it's not that it affects people on a daily basis. No, 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 it's not. So when they're pulling down statues, you start complaining, even though if the statue is teaching you about the history of the slave owner, doesn't that not mean that you're complicit? And once again, I would like to ask you, if they put a statue of Hitler in Trafalgar Square, how much money would it cost? It's very simple. How much money would it cost? How much money would it, the Nazi party, as it is now, whatever form it is, whether it's the NF, National Front, English Defence League, how much money would they have to pay to put a statue up of, say, Hitler in Trafalgar Square? Because you seem to be able to put aside all the misgivings, all the evil acts, all the genocide, all the mass murder, when you're going to get money for a building. So I'm just imagining how much money it will cost to put Hitler in Trafalgar Square. Just think of that, shall we? And then, when they were trying to say how we Black Lives Matter movements was being violence and the riots were out of hand and that we were treating the police so badly and that we were so unruly. Well, what happened? Okay, so the Black Lives Matter movement moved their protest to Friday and it went along peacefully and nothing happened. And then on Saturday, Barry, David, John, Wilco, Johnny Kins, yeah, and all these mates, Stella Artois in hand, George Flag on a polo shirt, maybe a little bit if they're feeling bad and bougie, Tommy Hilfiger on the polo instead, you know. <laughs> Coming down, rolling through the streets, not only did you man come to fight, yeah, and you know you came to fight. Right. You can't even argue that they came to fight because, you know why? They dropped fireworks. Fireworks 
they dropped fireworks in the midst of their own police force. Yeah? I'm sorry. The comparison between last week and this week. So last week you had all the energy, all the vim, all the verb, all the unseasoned food in your mouth. Yeah? All the unwashed knees, all your ashy hands, yeah, to come and push down on protesters that were just simply saying that Black Lives Matter. When these jobos come from all over England to defend statues, statues, yeah, that were doing impressions like they were magician assistants because they were hiding in boxes. Now you see me, now you don't, yeah. Statues that were completely fine and covered, yeah. So, did you go there to protect the statues or did you go there because there's no football on TV and you wanted to have fights with your own police force? Oh, my God. Britain is the Alanis Morissette, yeah, of racist. Yeah, it doesn't need to, it doesn't understand irony. It really doesn't, yeah. You're coming to defend statues at a World War Two memorial where Germany lost. You're telling all black people that they should be grateful to live here because you defeated fascism and you're standing there in all your numbers, in all your unwashed back yourself, and you're making Nazi salutes. Yet, when this is being reported on the BBC, on ITV, yeah, they're not calling it racist. Lord God. It's, it's one of those things where the more you think about it, the more you really deep it, yeah, you can get really disheartened. But I don't choose to be disheartened anymore. I've taken this week and I'm just like, you know what? Whatever movement of the needle, there's going to be movement on the needle. And in every way, shape or form, now, we need to take whatever little space they give us, whatever little gap, whatever little wedge that we can get in that door and just get in there in numbers and just kick it open, yeah? When they think they're going to placate us with stupidness, yeah, and conversations that go around in circles that we didn't start, that have no meaning to us, that have no bearing on us, that have no consequence on our daily lives, put up your fucking statue of your racist, yeah? Put it up, because you're going to put it up anyway. Put up your fucking statue of your racist, celebrate your racist, yeah? But celebrate your racist and don't tell me that this is not a racist country because this is a country that chooses to celebrate its racist. I don't see how you don't get the correlation. I really don't. <sighs> it's sad. But, you know, I'm always, I'm quite a depressed person by nature. It takes me effort to actually be happy it takes me effort to find joy. It takes me effort to find the spark and the source and the seasoning of life that makes life full of flavour. But you know what? We have receipts. So now what I want every single one of you to do, yeah, is go find those images of their men making the Nazi salutes and save them on your phone. Save them on your phone. Yeah, download them, hold them. Yeah? And when anyone tries to tell you how Britain is not a racist country, 
Just say, turn your phone over and say, bitch. I have receipts. And then when they try to tell you, yeah, that black lives matter, but all lives matter, you go, bitch, I have receipts. Like, and when they try to tell you, yeah, that the police treat everyone, everyone equally, you take out that picture of the black man saving the protester and you ask the person, what job did this racist man do before he was here? Can you believe that shit? That image that you've seen of the white man being carried by the black guy? The white man in that picture is a policeman. We have receipts, people. Take your joy. Take that moment. Think about it. Yeah, you have the evidence in front of you. Let no one ever tell you again that Britain is not a racist country. And while we are on the subject, when they get the talking heads, when they get the pundits, when they get the people to defend all these different racists, yeah, please remember when Meghan Markle was on her back, yeah, pushing out, yeah, pushing out her sprog. I think they, they called him Archie. Archie, his name was. Yeah, a young black baby boy. Yes. And Danny Baker came and called that boy a monkey. Yeah. These pundits that are on here called saying that Britain is not racist are the same ones that said that when he called a young black baby boy of two days old a monkey, it wasn't racist. You know who these people are now, yeah? You know what they stand for. You need to now choose what you're standing for and just move on. So that's it. We're all done for today. Thank you very much for joining me. Once again, episode four is out. Um, Remember that you can rate and review me on Spotify and Google. Um, Also, please, please, please send this to your friends. If you actually like it, if you enjoy it, give me some feedback. You know, it's been four episodes down. Tell me how shit I am. I don't care. Like, the only way I'm going to get better is if I get some more comments from you lot. I know some people have sent me some helpful things and they want a bit more information on data. So we'll be sending that to you. Um, I'm going to leave you with one final thing today. Throughout this episode, I've been using a technique where I repeated a lot of my sentences over and over again to reinforce them. Please note that I'm not the only person that uses this. I found, and you may find, that throughout the internet, especially when you get a lot of talking heads and commentators, they continuously repeat and repeat and repeat to reinforce the narrative that you might not have thought in the first place, yeah? People like Candice Owens, yes? Be aware... That it's not just the information that you are being told that any situation that you should be listening to. You should also be listening to how people give you this information. Thank you very much and goodbye.